From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Great to have you with us. And uh, wherever you are in the world, enjoy uh, being with you. And thank you for being a part of our family. You know, we have uh, places that come up on the uh, on the report there that we can't even pronounce, Elaine. But mm-hmm. it's uh, wonderful to uh, to have uh, to have you with us wherever you might be. And uh, just a reminder, friends, for those of you who joined us. From uh, uh, back on May 16, on May 16, uh, for the airport uh, neighborhood, uh, we will be returning to the airport neighborhood on September 12th, and uh, that'll be a wonderful time again. Daryl Fair is going to be out there uh, helping us again. You know, we ran that guy ragged. We you know, did. back and in it was uh, fun. He loved in it. May, and actually, Daryl, Pastor Daryl Fair is our our guest tonight, and yes. and. Uh, Actually, Daryl, you know, we love you, brother. We do. We love you, brother. And uh, to show how much respect we have for you, I mean, I wouldn't do this for anyone else. In fact, I'd rather eat dirt than uh, do this for any. But you, my brother, Elaine, would you press surprise button number six, please? Yes, ladies and gentlemen. In honor of my brother, Carol Fair, we are committing the unpardonable sin here at Lighthouse Live. And many of you will recognize that as the University of Michigan fight song. And only for you, Brother Daryl, would we even do that, you know. So I just want to know, I want you to know how much you are loved by this program. Thank you so very much. <laughs> I thought surprise number six would be the USC fight song. Yeah, well, well you it's know. It's not over till it's over. <laughs> you never know. Next week we'll do that. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's been kind of a fun thing, you know, since uh, Daryl and I met and and uh, being an alumnus of, of USC and, and Daryl of uh, Michigan fame. Why uh, it's kind of been kind of been an ongoing thing, yeah. but. We really appreciate. So anyway, thank you very much, Daryl, for for joining us. And and uh, as we were saying, for those of you uh, who joined us throughout the city in the airport neighborhoods on May 16, we'll be back there again on Saturday, September 12. And believe it or not, that's coming up in the not too distant future. And we're going to be doing the same de- uh, same exact thing. And that's what the neighborhoods asked us to do. You know, we asked them, uh, "What do you want? What what would be of greatest service to you?" And they said. Hey, the graffiti's a pain. Uh, we got alleyways that are filled with junk, and we got weeds all over the place. 
Would you just come in, clean the weeds, and, and pick up the alleyways and, and wipe out the graffiti? So that's what we did, and we'll be going back there on September 12 as well. And, Daryl, I hope you'll be able to join us again. Absolutely. And, and Looking forward to it. Yeah, that was uh, kind of a fun uh, fun experience, wasn't it? It was. And I think one of the cool things was engaging the neighbors. And you know, a lot of neighbors came out and, and helped, and uh, there was one family that was uh, moving uh, in, and they had their big uh, moving van there, and, and some of the volunteers stopped and, and st- I guess took about an hour and a half and helped move the family in and all of that. So we look forward again to what uh, what God is going to do uh, coming up on uh, September 12th. So uh, having announced uh, that next event and paying uh, homage uh, to uh, <laughs> University of Michigan, Yay. but I'm telling you, around New Year's Day, USC will will be back. And, uh Pipe dreams. Pipe. <laughs> <laughs> no way, Jose. <laughs> you know, I, I grew up in the Los Angeles area, and, and, you know, I was, I mean, from babyhood, you know, my, my grandpa and my, my dad, you know, inculcated USC in my, I mean, we were, I was watching USC before I could say football, you know. And, and, but anyway, I remember there was one year, um, when there was a battle between USC had had the Pac-8 at that time mm-hmm. locked up, uh, and and the Pac-10 was still uh, up in the air, and it was going to be between Michigan and Ohio State. Back in the days of Bo Schembechler and Woody Hayes. Woody Hayes, and I remember when the sports page came out that day that it was all decided. It said, "Oh goody, no Woody." Oh no, it's Bo. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that has been a great rivalry, and uh, yes. just it gives us some some fun as well. Well, why don't we uh, restore some decorum Let's here try. with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs? Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with the story of another real-life Jesus freak. The remote Indonesian island of Mentawai has changed dramatically in recent years. Inhabitants had been mixing Islam with witchcraft and worshipping idols. But one day after hearing Stenley's bold, clear preaching of the gospel, a single Muslim burns his idol which contains a rolled-up scroll from the Quran. Authorities are quick to respond, and Stenley is arrested, beaten, and killed. But Stenley's work isn't over. Seven of his Bible school classmates follow him to Mentawai, and today, hundreds are experiencing conversion, revival, and ongoing evangelism. So what's your legacy? For more on the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. You know, friends, it just brings up the fact that, that we, we need to be out there and available for whatever God has us to do. You know, and the worst thing we can do to be salt and light is to stay in the salt shaker. You know, we have to be out there. We may not, it may not be as radical as uh, our brother did uh, there in Indonesia, but uh, God has a plan for us to get out and, and to, to be Jesus to people who, who so, um, so badly need to see and hear uh, the message of, uh, of the gospel. Again, you're listening to Lighthouse Live, our co-host and producer Elaine Harlan with us, and uh, probably here to restore order. After our our little chaotic opening, there is uh, our predecessor, right. the inimitable <laughs> Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey, and uh, again Daryl Fair is our guest today, and uh, in, also invited his much better half uh, to be uh, the lovely to be, Hazel, uh, Hazel yes. to be there. And good, good to have you with us as well, Absolutely. Hazel. Thank you for Thank being you. with us. 
All right, let's take a look at some opportunities to serve. This is from the Volunteer Center of the United Way, the Linda Hand List. Now, this is not a commercial plug, okay, for the United Way and Kaiser Permanente. However, Neighbors in Health 2009, a free community health fair for thousands of medically uninsured and underinsured families, will be held on Sunday, August 16th from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Kaiser Permanente Central Valley Facilities. This Neighbors in Health, NIH, will be celebrating its 12th year in Stockton and 7th year in Modesto, and United Way is presenting uh, sponsor at this year's events. Medical professionals will provide free services to thousands, uh, including a children's clinic, free immunizations, and medical, dental, hearing, vision, school entry, and sports exam, uh, women's exam, all those fun kind of things, men's physicals, uh, more fun stuff, uh, HIV, <laughs> Pastor Mike shivers there, HIV counseling, health education, adult chronic conditions, diagnosis, uh, blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, Pastor Daryl and I were talking about that a little earlier, uh, and body mass index screenings, no charge laboratory and pharmacy services, uh, Mr. Al can relate there, for day of fair only, plus referrals to no cost or low cost services and follow-up exams. Now, here's the fun part, okay? Volunteers are needed to assist in all aspects of the fair, including medical volunteers, doctors, dentists, nurses, physicians' assistants, uh, et cetera, and non-medical volunteers also, interpreters to assist uh, the, the physicians with patient contact and test results, uh, direct patients to appropriate service lines, uh, just information booth kind of stuff, patient and volunteer registration, patient forms, just kind of helping out and interacting with all the people there. That's, uh, that's the fun stuff. Three volunteer shifts are available, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., uh, 7 a.m. to 12 noon, if you want a little shorter day out of this, or 11.30 to 4 p.m. Volunteers are also needed to help set up and, and clean up Saturday, August 15th. Uh, so volunteers must be at least 16 years of age and a current copy of medical license or certificate is required for medical professionals. So this might be something, you know, we've taken part, a lot of our ABC volunteers for the last couple of years That's on this right. event. So, Do you uh, know how the name Permanente got into the Kaiser Permanente? Please tell us. Huh? It's very interesting. Mr. No, Mr. No. Mr. Kaiser had apparently childhood, fond childhood memories, uh, or later in his life, of of living near a river called the Permanente River. Really? And uh, when he established his uh, foundation, he uh, put the name of the river in there. That is cool. Kaiser Kaiser Permanente, yeah. Feeling he's right on on this. Don't yeah, you know? it's uh, well, wow. you know, I am a fount of useless information. Okay, and so on. We and that's go. why they have me here. So <laughs> I'll be quiet, of, and you right. can. Uh, I don't know give about good that, information. But we will continue on with the fun, more fun stuff. Delta Blood Bank, and I know you like this oh, stuff. Oh, he's really shivering now because he loves to give blood, serve refreshments, and visit with donors while they're sucking your blood. No, I'm just kidding. Now I need to get put back on track. The donors serve <laughs> yeah, serve refreshments and make them feel good while they're giving their blood at the Delta Blood Bank Canteen. This is serious stuff, folks. People-friendly volunteers are needed to make donors feel comfortable and appreciated before they leave the blood bank. Individuals, you know, they do great work. Do and work. it is so necessary to do Absolutely. that. And, and what Elaine's referring to is I have these veins that are really hard to hit. 
you know, and, and we hosted a time here uh, at, at ABC. We had the blood bank come in. and We were the only two here doing <laughs> we, blood. <laughs> we were the <laughs> first two in line for a long time. Uh, anyway, so they, they stuck me, uh, Pastor Darrell, and they said, oh, wait, that didn't take. Millions so of times. So <laughs> five sticks later on number six, they, they got it. And I'm sitting here, you know, what's that what is it about feeling good, you know? Or, and so he said, oh, I think I got it. And then what happened was the blood wasn't spurting like it should. And so he took the little thing in my arm and went. It was a terrible sight. And it kept moving. Painful, too. Around was, and, was and he says, uh, you're, you're looking a little white. I said, you know. Because <laughs> he is. Bring me one of those chocolate chip cookies. I'll be fine. Uh, little cookies oh, and milk good. here. We'll be we'll be fine. So anyway, that was my invention in 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 giving blood. But you know, all, all that to say that we do we do radically support that, and, and it's such an important part of what's happening here in our community. You know, the cookies and the orange juice is the fun part, but the relational part mm. that that's that's the fun part too. And training is provided for the volunteers, and we do so encourage this. And uh, they do once again have flexible volunteer shifts. I'm just concerned that training is provided with the guy that puts the thing in the arm. That's, that's really the, that's a cool part here. too, and, and I'm sure it's very important. And they take care of all that they stuff do. so that you and I don't have to worry about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, volunteers must be at least 16 years old, ages 14 and 16, if volunteering with a parent. Uh, you need to be reliable good with people, and complete interview and training process. The Delta Blood Bank is a not-for-profit blood center that provides all of the blood and blood components for patients in 18 hospitals in Central California. And the Stanislaw County Parks and Recreation Department. We have friends there, too. Really cool people. If you want to beautify your community while maintaining county parks and grounds, this would be a very fun thing to do. Volunteers should be at least 18 years of age. And Mr. Al loves this kind of stuff because he's definitely 18 years of age. He has the ability to perform ground maintenance and repair work and operate power equipment and use, uh, use and care the hand power tools. And these guys are already pumped up for that. And vehicles identify potential safety hazards. Yes, understand and follow written and oral instructions. And you want to pass that background check. And so the Stanislaw County Parks and Recreation Department is responsible for planning, developing, operating, and maintaining parks, uh, reservoirs, and county facilities throughout Stanislaw County. And it's a great way to make new friends and and relational, uh, new relationships with people. And and that, again, is what it is about. And if you have any questions about any of these wonderful opportunities to volunteer, please contact Barbara Borba. She's at 209 524-1307, 524-1307, extension 113, or you can email her at bborba at uwaystand.org, or you can give us a call here at ABC, 209-544-9571, and we'll try to answer any questions that you might have. You know, in addition to working air conditioning units and window units and swamp coolers to help people keep cool in the heat, and we do uh, want you to uh, provide donations of those things, please uh, consider that. We are in need of donations of twin beds. We need a crib for a single mom who has twins. One of the babies has Down syndrome. She also needs uh, dressers, a couch, kitchen table and chairs, laundry facilities. And can you imagine 
being a single parent is tough enough as it is, but you know you just factor that in, and uh, it's just a, a little bit a uh, little bit harder. We have a couple in Riverbank, a man and wife working part time, and you know a part time just isn't doing it for them uh, anymore, and they need a kitchen table and chairs, a small one. And then we have a man going for a job interview. Praise God, he's starting over a new life. And he really wants and needs this job, but he needs to dress for it. And he needs a size 40 uh, waist pants and 30 length uh, and an extra large shirt to wear. And if you uh, can fit that bill for him, then maybe give us a call again. 209-544-9571 is our number here at ABC. And we would be glad to take those donations for these people in need. And uh, did we give our website out earlier? Yeah, just a reminder, you can go online to our daily update page. Visit www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. Click on the little red flashy thing. Icon, it is. And uh, click that little red flashy icon. It'll take you right to our daily update page. Elaine updates that two or three times a day and uh, give you up to the minute. Um, ways to serve. And also, if you'd like uh, to get our email blast, we only send out, you know, maybe two or three a week at most, but it gives you really current information on needs. Uh, you just email us at info at vibrantcommunities.org, info at vibrantcommunities.org, and we'll be happy to add you to the email list. You know, as we were saying earlier, God brings us together in unusual ways sometimes. It may be in the form of a little football rivalry, shall we say. <laughs> As in the case of Pastor Mike and Pastor Daryl. You know, they start and... training in August, right, Daryl? <laughs> they need to serve July. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't you? But I can remember meeting you, Daryl, at a city ministry network meeting. We call it CMN. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess the rest is our history because we just uh, you just jumped in there with both feet with us Absolutely. here at ABC. You joined us. Uh, yeah, Mr. Al says, look out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you joined us at the exercise for the pandemic uh, flu exercise, uh, Pandemic 2009, and you were there with us, your team from your church, the uh, Renaissance yes. uh, Christian Center, Center. Mm-hmm. and you were there for that. Thank you very much. You guys were awesome. You're more than welcome. And then uh, you were also, as, as Mike mentioned, you were with us there for the uh, airport, May 16th as well. And we're looking for the uh, next event in September. Oh, we're looking forward to that uh, also. Well, we just, uh, again, want to welcome you and Hazel. Happy 30th anniversary. Is well, that thank you way? very much. Oh. Yes, yes. You want us to play the fight song again for you? <laughs> no, we're, no, we're going to pass. Okay, that's okay. All right. Now, well, we're so grateful to uh, be here on this afternoon, and it's uh, just a treat to be with friends. Well, you know, I think, Daryl, one, one of the cool things that, that God does is he brings people who are like-minded together, you Absolutely. know, and, and I, I think all of us in this room are, are about getting out in the community and, and hitting the streets and, and being available for God to do what he's going to do right in the midst of the people who need it, you know, instead of just asking them to come to us, you know, I, and God wants us to be salt and light and be out there and, and certainly daryl uh, you've you've accepted that mantle uh working ministries and parks and and uh, just uh, uh answering the call in in very unique ways and i would i don't tell us a little bit about your adventure in accepting that call and and how and why god called you to our little burg here of modesto you know it was 2007 when i first showed up got a chance to meet you at one of the uh, prayers on uh yeah. wednesday yeah. Uh, afternoon 
And uh, I felt that God had sent me down to Modesto and uh, wanted to start a ministry here. And I opened the doors at uh, the, um, Center, Modesto Center Plaza and felt God had led us to establish another church that would meet uh, the needs of the community, an area or a group of people that had not been served um, so far. But God kept telling me to go to the park, and I kept telling God, no, send Moses, send Aaron, send anybody. But uh, I wanted to uh, have church the traditional way. And uh, it took me a while, you know, to to hear the calling from the Lord. And we ended up in two parks. We served uh, initially at Insulin Park at, from 10 to, uh, to 1130, and then we would go to... Uh, Caesar Chavez Park yeah. from 11:30 to one o'clock, and uh, again, you know, God directed us to Caesar Chavez and to let insulin go. And um, I remember the first service, June 21st, 2008, and uh, we had 13 members, and they looked at us like they we had lost our minds. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the uh, they were tell they told us later that they were taking bets on how long we would last mm. in the park. And uh, they had seen others come, and they had mm. seen others go, and they felt um, we would do the same thing. But now here it is a year later, and we're still meeting the needs of God's people at Caesar Chavez Park. Praise God. Oh, that's awesome. You know, when Hazel walked in, I, I said, okay, so are you guys, like, from Ohio? Because <laughs> I remember when you took my call and we talked about bringing you guys in tonight, you were in Ohio on vacation. She says, no, we were in San Jose. So you made the trek over from San Jose. Well, yes, that's that's absolutely correct. We were on vacation in Ohio. In fact, we went through uh, 10 states, 3,000 miles. Thank you for answering your question, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but uh, we, we lived in San Jose for about 30 years. Yeah. And uh, we were under one... Um, ministry for about 28 years and we did the same thing we we um, had a ministry at a homeless shelter a city team ministries and we did that for uh, maybe five or six years and um, then we switched churches and we stayed there for a very brief time and then we came to Modesto and I'll tell you you know we really felt at home Mm. I just didn't have my bearings correct I knew I had the city correct (laughs) but I didn't have the location but after that first service, we really felt um, that God had placed us. There was a there was a synchronization. We felt right in tune, and God was like, "This is where I told you to go, not to that other building." Mm. So it's been very challenging, but it's also been very rewarding. God gave you a heart to serve, didn't He? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've talked to a number of pastors, and they say we could never do that. Yeah. We could never minister to a homeless group in a park every Sunday, regardless of the temperature. Uh, we were last week, I think it was 103 yes. and we've been, uh, in 35 degree weather, 40 degree weather, I think it was. But you know, the interesting thing, it has never rained on our services. Is that right? That's it amazing. might, it might, uh, <laughs> sprinkle just a little bit. And it, and I remember one time I was preaching and about 
you know, 1230, I kind of wrapped things up, and I felt led to go on. This is just my leaning to go on, and it started trickling, so I knew then it was time to end the sermon. And um, But for 52 weeks, 54 weeks now, uh, we've never had a situation where we had to cancel the service. No. You know, Daryl, it, it is so important, um, and, and, and people who uh, who are hurting know this mm-hmm. instinctively. Sure. When you're there just to put in an appearance and do what I, I, I kind of call hit and run evangelism, mm-hmm. they know that, you know. But they also sense it when you when you have kind of that staying power, when you commit to stay at the table, and and to you know keep your hand on the plow. That makes a whole lot of difference, doesn't it? Absolutely. Uh, we see that uh, other churches have come to the park and we we welcome them, um, but we listen to the comments mm-hmm. from our members who say. Oh, well, they'll be here, whatever the date is, and they come twice a year, and and we look forward to that. Uh, But for the most part, uh, when we started with the original 13 members, all of them were homeless, and all of them had been excluded from church, Mm. one of the mainstream churches, either in Modesto or Stanislaus County. Because why? Um, we, We don't really know the reason. But the different churches uh, sometimes are not real comfortable with homeless people mm-hmm. in their services. You know, mm-hmm. um, when you're homeless, you don't get a chance to bathe regularly or do the, your, your sanitation issues mm-hmm. on a regular basis. So there's an odor at times. There's um, um, health issues. Um, there are dental issues. There are just a number of issues that the regular church members don't appear to have and so um people like to worship with people that are like them absolutely and so the homeless people somehow don't fit that bill and um i've had people tell me they just didn't feel welcome in the traditional service is that not a sad state i always say i wonder why god's people won't let God's homeless people in God's church. And there's going to be a day of reckoning when yeah. that question Amen. is asked. Amen. But I think one of the things that Renaissance does um, is that it, it kind of humanizes the homeless community. Mm. And I'm my hope and desire is that every time my wife and I show up, that the people say, those are the homeless pastors. Mm. And the homeless people aren't really that bad. And perhaps, you know, we should allow them in our our Mm. church. I remember a friend of mine when I was going in seminary was talking about they had a prison ministry. And uh, it's humorous now. It wasn't funny to the guy, I guess, but they had been writing a guy that was in prison. And they didn't think he was going to get out. But one day he did get out, and he showed up at church. (laughs) So they locked all the doors and called the guy who was over, my friend that was over the program, and said, look, you get here right away, or we're going to call the police. Well, I think their their head was in the right position, and I think a lot of churches really would like to do more. They just don't know how. They don't have the heart. And so we're hopeful that they see our example and that the other churches, which are much larger than us and have much more resource, resources than we do, will, you know, ag- adopt that, that ministry. Don't tell us why you picked the name Renaissance. What, what was behind that? New beginning. New beginning. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is a new beginning for yeah. the people that 
that are in the parks that do not feel a part of our society. Here's an opportunity now. Let's get this thing turned around. And, you know, I've um, looked at some dollars that the city and the county spend on the homeless community. And I was saying, if we could get those people working, you could stop that those dollars that are being drained, and you start getting some tax revenue, not only in the city but in the county. Mm-hmm. And look at our budget, you know, if that were to happen. And right now, you know, our budgets are at the county level and at the city level, right. or mm-hmm. at the state level, at the national level, are all in trouble. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's an opportunity uh, for us to get, you know, help the community uh, clean up the parks and, and do some things that allow the individuals that have been uh, the forgotten members of our community to get them to participate. Uh, we've had Social Security Administration come down and uh, talk to our people. Uh, two Sundays ago, the voter registration uh, representatives came and got some people signed up. So we're going to have some voters over there. We're going to have some real healthy right people. Uh, the 26th of July, they've got a free medical uh, clinic that's going on. And uh, so we're going to try to get some real healthy awesome. voting uh, working cool. uh, participants in our community. And that's one of the things, as well as their, now that's just from a natural standpoint, but from a spiritual standpoint, we feed them uh, also with with the word. And Well, you're, you're planting great seeds, aren't yes. you? I mean, and, and that, that relationship and that trust that you're developing, uh, Hazel and Daryl, is so important. You know, I think in our westernized um, view of church, we kind of leave the relationship out. You know, we put a lot of, a lot of, and, and it's important. <laughs> we we put a lot of emphasis on salvation. Obviously, that's really important, but that's not where it ends. You know, in, in developing relationships with hurting people that need to know the Lord, and, and developing, really, I I think the right in their minds to present the gospel. Oh, sure. You know, you have to kind of prove yourself that you're going to be there. We talked about that a minute ago. Our friend Ross Briles calls it staying with the stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to stay with the stuff in order to have some, some credibility. Um, well, we want to get to Hazel, but we also want to get to Wonderful Song coming up here. We do. And, and you know, right now there is a, there is a, a, a very popular song. Uh, a Christian chart a little bit hot. Christian Charts, Chris and Conrad just nail it for us in their song, Lead Me to the Cross. And it's here on Lighthouse Live, and we'll be back. Savior, I come, I quiet my soul. Remember, redemption's hill, when your blood was spilled.
Chris and Conrad, lead me to the cross on Lighthouse Live with Pastor Mike, Elaine, and Daryl, and Hazel Fair. And it is just wonderful having you here on your 30th anniversary just a few days before tonight. And congratulations. And during the song, uh, Daryl and, and Hazel were sharing with us uh, how they met and a little bit about their <laughs> dating experiences. And, and that, that's that's sweet. That That really is sweet. And uh, Hazel is, is from Ohio, Hazel, you were saying? And yes, I that's, am. That's where you were. Um, originally. Originally, that's where you were vacationing when I, <laughs> I so rudely <laughs> called so you and invited are, are, you to. are you an Ohio State fan? <laughs> Um, you know, really, I'm not a football fan. Oh, okay. I uh, when my sons play football, I am a fan. Then you're a cool. fan. Oh, that, yeah. What a, a mom! Fan. What a mom! Though. <clears throat> so there's no division in the house, you know, in no. Michigan and Ohio. No, no, okay. Daryl's just but we smiles. do know Ohio <laughs> is the best. Michigan is going to win the game. That's why there's no disagreement. You know, uh, Hazel, uh, as we were talking during the break, you you said something very significant, and it, it's so important today. And that is, um, you know, you were looking for someone who had the qualities, positive qualities that your father had. And because that, in your mind, was defining what a, a man should be, godly man should be. And, and so many of our homes today are missing, you know, that father figure. And I would imagine that both of you see the fallout from that in, in, in the parks where there just hasn't been that strong um, centered, you know, um, male presence. And what do you do? You have no, you have nothing to tie off on, so to speak. You're just adrift at, at, at sea. Uh, have you seen that a lot in, in, uh, in, in your ministry in the parks? That's just, people are just missing that dynamic in their lives. Oh, very much so. Um, we don't have a lot of children that attend, but when we do, there's just the, the mother, mm. uh, with the child, we have, uh, you know, maybe several families that have come, but you can see where the father is is missing uh, from the home, or if they are married, they're not together. Um, so that is uh, really a sad thing, and children are near and dear to my heart uh, because I my own two sons, um, you know, nothing is uh, too special or whatever for them in, in raising them, so I'm so happy that, you know, Pastor Daryl was around to, uh, we're together to raise our children. Yeah. And so it does hurt me to see families not together and what, because the child actually goes through more trauma than the adult. Sure. So that's why it really bothers me when I, when I see that happening. So. Well, and, and I think, uh, Daryl, as we've listened to, uh, representatives from the police department, sheriff's department, talk about how we're going to deal with the gang issue at all. Mm -hmm. They always come back to, you know, we can put a bazillion cops out there, not going to change it radically. What it's going to take is a change in the home, change in the family structure, a renaissance, I I guess you could say, huh, Daryl? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Over time, as the members of your church come and you see the trust be regained, and as they come and they worship and they stay and you get the momentum and you just ha- establish all of these wonderful benefits of, of having them uh, with you uh, for time. Do you see, obviously you do see the change. Talk about that change mm-hmm. you see in the congregants, Daryl. Well, one of the things that um, we like to do is change lifestyles. 
living in the park is harsh. I remember going out one Saturday and it was raining and several members were laying on the sidewalk on blankets as the rain came down and they were they had gotten a barbecue grill and they were make cooking turkey tail soup and and I just I talked to God and I said God I don't understand these are your people and they're out in these elements and these conditions and all of them had colds and they were coughing and hacking and and I said well look why don't you go to the the doctor or go to the hospital I said oh we can go but we can't afford the prescriptions after we get there so um, I asked the question well what happens if you don't take care of this well somebody will die and they will just come and get the body so the, the value of the individual lives are not there and so we really have to get that turned around and remind them that we all belong to God, that we're God's children and God's love. God loves us. But we also have a responsibility. We certainly have to do some things ourselves as individuals because God is not coming down and washing anybody's face, you know, or, or do anything like that. We're going to have to do some things. And that's par- probably the hardest part is to convince them that God loves them I preached the message last Sunday. God loves you. And don't worry about your past. Forget the past. And I said, the devil likes to trick us Mm. and talk about our past and talk about the skeletons that are in our closets. I said, but you remind Satan about his future because he doesn't have one. I got that from the uh, service the other day. And uh, they looked and they kind of opened their eyes and there were some smiles and what have you. But for most of most of the people, they have a past, and that path, their past is like an albatross around their neck, and it just keeps dragging them down. And when they try to do well, then they have other people that remind them their best mm-hmm. friends mm-hmm. that will remind them, uh, society reminds them, and so they begin to think, well, what's the use? Well, we belong to God, <laughs> and God is still in control, not our neighbors, not our friends, not man. And so we have to trust God and let God work the way he does best and help us overcome some of the um, afflictions and ailments and uh, bad histories that we have so that we can be uh, successful participants in our society, both naturally as well as spiritually. Well, you know, love is a uh, very strong tool. Mm-hmm. And as you stated before, when you go out in in the community and working with the community, if the love is not shown, they know the love is not shown. Mm-hmm. And the response that we hear from a number of them, because we do feed them after each service on Sunday. So um, before, they will say before it was the food. We came because of the food because we knew it would keep get fed afterwards, but now it's more than the food for us. Mm. We come mm. because of the word and, you know, because, you know, they don't know how to say because you show love to us, 
but we come from more than that. So you can see, we can see the changes. I can see the changes in the people where the, at first when we saw them, you can see them starting to change and starting to seem to mellow out the more they stay around and the more that they come. And it just it's just amazing how they they thank us for what we do, but they don't know how much the effect that they have on us mm. after we leave a service and mm. see how God has blessed them and how the sometimes we can just still feel the spirit mm. of God all mm. over us when we go home after we have ministered to them. You know, because sometimes on this way, God, did you really mean for us to be in the park? And then he just comes and he reassures us that, yes, we meant for you to be in the park because of the response. And it's not about Pastor Daryl or I. It is about Jesus Christ and us because we don't portray because he's not going to come from out of the sky down here. We're portraying him. And if we don't portray that love, then, you know, what are they coming for? If if we're portraying what they portray, why change? Why make a change in their life if we don't show that there is a change? And we do let them know. What we're telling you, we know about. <laughs> we're not guessing. We know about some of the things we are telling you about. We have had first-line experience. So it's not something that we think we know. It's something that we know we know. Daryl, uh, as you as you've been out there, uh, you know, a couple minutes ago we were talking about that uh, importance of staying with the stuff and mm-hmm. and all of that. <clears throat> you see uh, a nucleus of the same people, or uh, do they start to network a little bit and you start to see new faces over time? Right, we started with uh, thirteen, and we're probably running fifty consistently. Toward the end of the month, we were up around sixty. Wow. And, and we determine that based on the number of uh, my Hazel cooks for the first and third Sundays, and then we um, pass out groceries on the second and fourth Sunday. So, you know, and obviously you have to do in that kind of environment, you have to pass out tickets or, yeah, you're going to have total chaos. And right. so um, we pass out tickets and we count the tickets afterwards. And so that's how we keep our, our count. We do have a core group. And they, you know, it's the old 20% to 80% of the work and 80% to 20%. Sure. <laughs> uh, we have a core. Uh, we were able to go on vacation, and the service went right along mm. as though we weren't there. So that was one of the reasons. I called them and said, I'm coming back because things are going a little bit too smooth. You know, next you'll ask me, don't come back. <laughs> but it went very smooth um, while we are gone. So we do have a, a, a remnant, if you will. And then we see a lot of people that are, uh, that will, the biggest, the biggest problem is transportation and getting to our service. Uh, a lot of people show up in buggies with all their personal belongings. And um, so if uh, they get a chance to move to another location in Modesto, then, you know, they're not going to come right. back to service. So we've probably had maybe 200 people that have come through in a year's time. But we're fairly consistent with, you know, whatever happens, we're going to have 30, a core of 30 people that will always show up. Mm. They'll set up the tents and they'll, you know, sort the food or they'll unload the car and do what they have to do. So we do have a solid core of about 20 to 30 people. When we're going to take a, a short break here. And when we come back, I want to talk about the servant's heart, the okay. servant heart of your congregation, because they do have one. And we're with the Renaissance Christian Center. And we'll be back right after this.
Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22:39 to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about AVC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and AVC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. AVC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. Well, it works. And I, I, I believe that as in our companies, as being uh, formerly a businessman in, in, in Stanislaus County and, and uh, other counties in the state as, as, as well, that uh, our companies were only as, as successful as our weakest link. And I believe that to be the same case in our communities and in our cities, that we can only be as much as we're going to be based upon the capacity and the ability of others to participate at an increased level and quality of, of life. You know, some of us can do, donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them, and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, 
I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing Vibrant Communities. Faith in action. Pure, simple, proven effective. Carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. We thank you for being tuned in to Lighthouse Live, wherever you happen to be. And we are with Daryl Fair and his lovely wife, Hazel, this evening. And uh, we were just uh, discussing um, prior to the break or coming back to uh, the break, the congregation there at Renaissance Christian Center in the park where Daryl pastors and and, uh, his wife, Hazel. And the servant's heart was very apparent as uh, you brought some of the the people there in the congregation, Daryl, to be a part of the pandemic exercise uh, of 2009 with us um, over at Johansson High School. And uh, that was precious to see because they truly have a heart to serve. They wanted to be a part of that, and that <laughs> they were. Um, you know, as, as we reach out and we help others in the community, sometimes you go out and you, you can't walk into a situation and say, you know, go in with the attitude of thinking, well, we know what you want. But a lot of times, and I was thinking of uh, Chris Whit- Whitley when he was uh, interviewed by Dr. Chin on the, our latest issue of the, um, the uh, newsletter for ABC, he, uh, he uses this too, Pastor Mike. He says, well, you know, when he's talking to people uh, in terms of what they need, what do you want? You know, how can we help you? What is your need? And talk a little bit about that, Daryl, as, as you explore that concept in the park with your congregation. If you look at the life of Christ, Christ said, I didn't come to be served. I, I came to serve. And uh, that in this time frame, this era, this uh, society that we live in, it's not about us serving. It is about being served. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to kind of convey that message to the people. If you're always holding your hand out and saying, gimme, gimme, it's hard to convert to how can I help, how can I serve, how can I be a part. And I think one of the, the greatest accomplishments we have made is been to try to is to convince our people that they need to be just like Christ mm-hmm. and to be like Christ is to be Christ like. And in order to be Christ like, you got to know what Christ was like. And so we spend a lot of time talking about the life of Christ, mm-hmm. not, um, um, the resurrection Christ, but the historic Christ. What did Christ do when he walked around? Mm-hmm. He was a servant. Mm-hmm. He ministered to other people. He met people where they were. And I think my wife and I do, uh, try to follow his example as much as possible we don't want any rewards. Don't pat us on the back. Um, you know, don't raise any special offerings for us. God's going to take care of us. Uh, but we want to go out and minister to our people to serve and to communicate that message to the people so they do the same thing. We want a great turnout in September. We want this, you know, Renaissance to carry a banner if necessary so that everybody knows we're, we're in the house, as they say. Uh, but we want everybody to know that we're a community that's here to serve, that we're not, um, uh, we do not want to be served. We are going to serve. 
You know, and, and you were talking uh, a couple of minutes ago, Daryl, about the lies that that the evil one plants, one of those being that, that you identify yourself with what has happened to you, mm-hmm. that your past is, is your identity. And, and, of course, breaking through that is, you know, uh, Christ takes all of that and, and mm-hmm. nails it to the cross, and, and uh, it's, it's done. But uh, th- those old lies are there, those tapes were play. How important is it for those first acts of service, you know, to, to maybe bolster that self-esteem and say, wow, you know, this being a child God thing, not too bad. You know, it's interesting. Uh, the other day, one of the gentlemen had to go to court. He was facing some serious, serious issues, and that seems to come up quite regularly. Hmm. Um, you know, I say we're missing some members this week, and we discover later they were on vacation, which meant they had to do maybe 30 or 60 days in in uh, jail for a number of reasons. But this one gentleman, uh, he asked me to pray for him. And I, the Spirit of the Lord told me to tell him, look, when you go to the court, the judge is going to say, I don't know why I'm doing this for you, but I'm going to give you special treatment. And so he went to court, and the judge was, you know, meting out punishment um, justly, of course, but uh, everybody seemed to be getting a sentence. And she got to his case, and his case was huge. It was so big that it had a rubber band around it. And she looked at it and said, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to give you some mercy today. I'm going to show you favor. And she gave him favor. He got probation. And he and I didn't hear it at the time. I wasn't there, but he called me and left a message on the, my phone, and all you could hear was screaming and hollering <laughs> that he was happy. Celebration. That um, he's in that situation. So we say to them, Stop worrying about your past. Mm-hmm. That's behind you. Uh, do, would you sit in the car with somebody that kept looking in the rearview mirror and trying to drive? No. <laughs> you want them looking forward, and that's what we want our people to do. Look forward. Get the rearview mirror. Uh, just remember where you are today. You're a child of God, and God wants what's best for you, and he's going to do whatever. I always say God is the architect. And how are you going to be successful if you haven't looked at the blueprint? Yeah. And so if you don't look at the blueprint, you certainly don't know what God has mm-hmm. in store for you. And so we try to convey that message to them. Mm-hmm. Daryl, well, how can we pray for you uh, in, in this ministry? And, again, you know, you're, you're one of those that doesn't call attention to yourself. But, you know, hey, a lot of our listeners are, are prayer warriors. And mm-hmm. how, how can they pray for, for you and Hazel and this dynamic ministry that's happening uh, at Caesar Chavez Park? Two things. One, that you pray for Hayes and I that we don't faint, mm. Mm. that we endure. Because yeah. if you endure, mm. God is a rewarder. Yeah. And the second thing is that you pray that God touches their hearts and help them forget their past mm-hmm. and start looking toward the future, that they become a viable uh, part of our community. Mm. Those prayers get answered everything else will fall in place. Amen. Hazel, any special uh, prayer requests from you as uh, a wonderful helpmate to this great (laughs) man over here? Uh, I'm in agreement with what Pastor said, is that, you know, uh, just keep us in your prayers because our will is to do what God Mm. will have us, what he wants us to do for his people and to bring others into the full and also for our people that, that, their hearts be touched, and they accept him. For those who may not be exactly familiar with it, uh, just give us Cross Streets, Daryl Cesar Chavez Park in Modesto. Cesar Chavez Park, 3rd Street and Sierra. We're right at the picnic tables, and you'll see the uh, 
the tents or the canopies and and a lot of people are running around trying to get ready for service. We meet from 1130 to about 1 o'clock every Sunday. Rain, sleep, hail, or snow. Nothing going to stop you. No. Or the results of Saturday's football. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could be a deterrent. <laughs> Daryl Hazel, you've been so much fun. What a blessing. And may God continue to bless Renaissance Christian and center there. Thank you for being our guest. And dear friends, thank you for listening. May God continue to bless your lives.